Hey everyone, BT here. Thanks for joining us here on the Successful Mind Podcast. We've got something very special for our listeners today, another high-level teaching that David did recently on the Clubhouse platform. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Clubhouse, it's the latest social networking app that allows people to gather in audio chat rooms and discuss a wide range of topics. Because it is delivered over your mobile device, you may notice a difference in audio quality, which we're hoping doesn't take away from your listening experience. What's important to know here is the content is key, and David always delivers. For more information on how you can join us on future Clubhouse meetings with David, be sure to check out the show notes below. All right, enough of me already. Let's hit the club. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Welcome, welcome, everyone. My name is Steph Tuss. I'm CEO for David Nagel. I'm going to be kind of leading this shindig tonight on Clubhouse. The meeting is titled, How to Let Spirit Lead in Your Business. And it's interesting because this topic came about through a podcast that David did. And it, it, it was one of our most listened to podcast um, episodes. And so that told us that this is a topic that people want to hear more about and they want to discuss. And I also think, especially if you're a conscious business owner, if you're a business owner that's, that's trying at least um, to align your purpose with your business, that this is a, this is a pretty hot topic. Um, it's a question that we get a lot, you know, how do I know if, if this is my intuition or if it's fear? How do I know if I'm making the right decision? How do I know if I'm in my purpose? How do I know if I'm, if I'm following my inner guidance? And David and I wanted to have a conversation about it today. Um, and we're so glad that you're, you're here with us. So those of you that are just joining, I'm just chatting away here, waiting for everybody to join the room. Um, tonight's discussion is about how to let spirit lead in your business. And I'm just going to check to make sure David's with me and that he can hear me. David, are you good? Oh, I can hear you. I'm here. All right. Perfect. I know this is a topic that you like to you like to talk about. It's an important topic, Steph. It's not something that uh, most people on the planet are actually ever taught. Um, well, that's what I was going to say. It's not something that, you know... You're, you're not taught how to do this as a child in most instances, right? You're right. actually kind of taught the opposite. That's for sure. You, you are, it's, it's not that you're just not taught this. You're taught something completely different. You're taught to follow a different voice, um, a different, uh, ideology, a different authority. And it never leads you ultimately where you want to go or for what your soul is actually looking for. All right. Well, since, since this kind of started, let's just go with this organically. Why don't you spend some time talking about why this is? Well, here's the thing. I, and I think that this is, this is a really good way to look at it, at least to have the question really be created in your mind. If you look at all of life, all of nature, um, it becomes very apparent that every single piece of life in nature, in the universe, um, 
not only does it have a potential, but it has a purpose. It's here for a reason. It's doing something. It adds to other forms of life. And if nature is left alone, unaided or, or uninterrupted, I should say, actually, by human beings, it proliferates on its own. It knows exactly what to do in all situations to continue to move its, its species forward. Then you have human beings, um, which are a very interesting part of nature in the fact that as far as we know on our planet, we have the highest intellect of all life forms. And I don't say that from an arrogant perspective or from an argumentative one. It, it's just, it just seems to be that's, as far as our awareness goes anyway, that's where we are in our understanding right now. And even if it wasn't true, if there was something that had more of an intelligence than us, on this on this planet, we are not completely aware of it yet. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not excluding spirit or God or the universe, that type of thing um, for individuals. I'm talking about all of nature. OK, the problem is this. When a, when a, when a human being grows up, they question who they are. They question why they are. They question what they're supposed to do. What is life all about? Which direction should they go? Should they, should they take risks and, and go after what they want or should they play it safe? Nature never asks these questions. It does exactly what it was put here to do. So with all of our intelligence and our ability to choose and our ability to create and our ability to manifest, why are we so confused as to who we are, why we are, why we're here, what it is that we should do? Well, here's something that we know. We know that Nature has an instinctive voice of some sort inside of itself that urges it to move forward and do exactly what it was put here to do. If you, if you look at the average person, you would say, well, human beings don't have that voice. I mean, look at how confused they are. Look at how screwed up they are. But the truth is, we do have that voice. The difference between us and the rest of life that we know it is that Nature does not have another form of life telling it what it's not, telling it what it can't do, confusing it and telling it that it's something that it's not supposed to be uh, or that it's dangerous to be what it was born to be or made to be. And human beings have that from the, from the moment of conception, the, the idea of who we are, what we are, what we should do, where we should go, how we think about ourselves – is extraordinarily influenced by the other human beings that are around us and society as a whole and human beings as a whole, close, closing in on 8 billion people on the planet. Most of the, of the ideology that human beings have that is taught to um, the younger or the children of our species is to conform to what society has set up for it. And because we're taught that and, and we're taught that we have to do things the way other people feel that we should do them, um, we grow up not learning to listen to the internal voice inside of us that is spirit or God or the universe or your soul, whatever you want to call it, and listening to the direction that it gives us all of our life. So we're not hearing it because we don't hear it. We're hearing all these other voices and it gets to the point where even if we start to think about listening to it, we can't tell the difference between our true voice that is, you know, our, our birthright, our higher self 
or the voices of our mother and our father and, you know, the news and everything that we hear uh, as we're growing up. We can't seem we can't seem to tell the difference. So one of the things that, you know, that I like to do with people, Steph, is help them. Number one, first understand that that voice is there, that it was it's there. It's there for them. It is the direct link to their purpose. It is the direct link to everything that they want to be, do and have in life. And then how they can begin to listen to it and cultivate it and really tell the difference between their higher self, who they truly are and what they're meant to be, and all of those other voices uh, that seem to be stuck in their head, especially when they get to be a bit older. So, you know, I've, I've seen a lot. Um, how do I say this? I've seen a lot on social media. There's books. There's, there's coaches all purporting to help people reconnect, which assumes that you're ever disconnected from spirit or source. But what you're saying is you're never disconnected. You're never. always connected. You're just, you just haven't been taught how to listen and, and how, to, how to tap into what's already there. Is that correct? That's 100% correct. Not only are we not disconnected from that voice, we're not disconnected from the intelligence that's in the universe. Uh, we're not disconnected from the, the overall spirit that's in the universe. Um, all of the resources that are in the universe. We just need to learn how to hear it, how to listen to it, and um, uh, to be able to separate it so that we develop really an intimate relationship with that voice. And we're not, here's another thing when I'm thinking about this. Um, one of the problems that we have with listening to this voice is the idea of who holds authority in our mind, meaning that as when we're little children, obviously our parents have authority over us. And then you've got, you know, the government has authority over the adults and, you know, so on and so forth through that hierarchy of authority. And unless you're raised religious, um, which still is, it's a bit, it, it gets a bit twisted, even from, from that standpoint, you're not really raised with the idea of being your own authority, but not just being your own authority. How do we listen to the authoritative side to us, the side of ourself that knows all that is part of the all that's part of all that is, that is being and growing and, and, you know, the universal spirit, you know, ever moving forward in life. So there's this authority that has to be reasoned out and understood and then kind of replaced in our mind so that we, once we learn how to listen to that voice, we refuse to follow what other people tell us to do because we're afraid they won't like us or they won't love us or that we'll be rejected or we'll be judged because that's a big trap uh, that people get into um, just simply from not understanding because they were never taught that. 100%. For those of you who just joined our um, our meeting room, you are in a room with David Nagel and we are talking about how to let spirit lead in your business. If you know someone that could benefit from this message or from this teaching, go ahead and tap the plus sign in the bottom of your screen and feel free to invite whoever you might think could benefit from this into this room. And also, if you're new to following David, all you need to do is tap his profile picture and then click on the bell inside his profile and you'll be notified when we do this 
again, and we're going to try to make this a weekly occurrence. So if you like what you're hearing, I know we just started, but if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and tap that bell so when we do this again, um, you'll get notified. All right, so there's also this question um, with a lot of, especially with a lot of people that we work, we work with. What is spirit? A lot of people hear God and they have, they have, honestly, they have a negative reaction to it. So in your, like, how would you define that? Well, first of all, I think, I think we should understand that we are a soul. We don't have a soul. We are a soul. We are um, a spiritual, all-knowing, all-intelligent entity that lives in a physical body. We're having a human experience. And spirit is, you know, like if, if you think about a tree and you think about the tree being either God or the universe, I, because here's, here's the thing about me, Steph. I'm not really into telling people what to believe in as far as God or universe or spirit or energy. I think that whatever word works for you so that you have the ability to use it and move forward, that's a good word. Um, what's unfortunate is that many people have, they hear words like God and their, their only correlation in their mind is to, to some religious upbringing that, that they were familiar with. And they have a, they have a, a tendency not to be able to separate um, man's idea of what God is from what God's idea of what God is. So we, we project our idea of God uh, and make God more man-like uh, or woman-like and not in the essence of what the overarching spirit of the universe is, which is all of us at the exact same time in the same place having individual experience. But it's all intelligent. It's all loving. It's all knowing. Um, it is us. And it is seeking to have an experience in the, in the um, reality that we're currently living in life. So that's, you know, m m the way that I see it, the way that I view it is, is that. And it's all for more life. Would you agree with that? Well, see, everything in the universe is for more life. You can't have two opposing energies that would cancel each other out. The fact that, that life exists and the universe exists and it's consistently expanding is the evidence that that we have to say that everything is constantly moving in the direction of life. What we see as life and death are simply different cycles of life moving forward. No different than the seasons of a year or the rain and the and the and the drought or you know winter and summer. Um, uh, you have autumn where you know things start to uh, crumble and decay, but it's it, that's just life transforming itself into a different version of itself to continue to move forward. Human beings, there is no death. It is just life always moving forward. And what we see is death. Um, if we don't understand that it is just us transforming from one experience to another, we end up putting a judgment on it as like it is the, the be all end all it's over. There's, there's nothing after that, uh, whatever it is that you were, that you were taught about it, but really what it is, it's just a transformation from one, one of experience of reality or existence into another one. Okay. So we skewed a little esoteric. Let's bring it back around to business. The big question that we always get is how does someone tell the difference between the voice of fear 
and the voice of spirit? Good question. Okay. So with the idea, with the premise that everything in the universe is for more life than anything that would appear not to add to life is not of spirit. In other words, it is something else that we're hearing other than spirit or a different voice put over spirit. So let's take fear because fear is a great example. Fear tells us what not to do. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that fear is bad. Fear can be both good and bad. It depends on why and how you're experiencing it. But spirit never speaks through fear. It never, spirit doesn't tell you what not to do. It always tells you what to do. And of course, when a person is first learning this, it can be a little bit difficult in their mind because there seem to be subtleties that kind of go along with it when you're actually hearing it. And especially if somebody's highly intuitive, they'll say, well, David, my intuition's always telling me not to do something. Then one of the things that I do with somebody like that is to be like, really break this down. Is it really your intuition that you're hearing or it is the voice of somebody else in your head and your misunderstanding it is intuition? Because intuition and spirit are always telling us what direction to go in, what to do, not what not to do. Spear, um, uh, excuse me, fear and other people's voices and ideas in our mind tell us what not to do. That's not spirit. So spirit will always tell you what to do stuff. I love that. And I think, I mean, you say it so quickly, like it's nothing, but if you really, like really sit, like just take a second and sit with that, right? Fear tells you what not to do. Right. So fear tells you no, and spirit tells you yes. Correct. It, it's, it's like black and white. So when you're, you're making a decision, and we, we have people say this all the time, you know, well, you know, I think my intuition is telling me not to do that. And we're like, well, that's really not how it works. What's the fear underneath why you don't want to do that? It really is very simple, but we manage to complicate it so much. We do. What we do, because you have to realize there's a lot, there's a lot of ideas that are attached to one's own fear. First of all, understand this. We're only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. And really those are startle responses that are part of our 2 million year old reptilian brain that is designed not to get eaten by a tiger, okay? Um, I mean, that's how it developed. It, it developed to have a sensory acuity of what's going on around us and to have a heightened, startled response if, in fact, there is something threatening our life. Um, on the flip side of that, like if you're going to go all the way in the other direction, the idea is, well, how do we actually understand what we are supposed to do in life? One of the biggest questions that we get all the time is, what am I supposed to do? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? Uh, because all I hear are these things saying, don't do this or be careful or don't make a mistake or don't screw this up or what if something goes wrong, you know, all of the what if scenarios. And if you actually sit down and really think about it, all of those different things are things that we've heard from other people in our life growing up telling us how they think that we should live our life and not actually having parents or people of authority around us saying, listen, as you're growing up, what's really the most important thing is that you learn to listen to the spirit or the higher voice inside of yourself that's actually telling you which way to go in your life. Because it is the thing 
that will tell you yes to things. It will give you, it will give you the direction. And then there's another little piece of this that makes it difficult for a lot of individuals. They can't wrap their mind around spirit telling them yes, and then they don't know how to do it, or it seems impossible. They don't have the resources. They can't come up with the money. Um, it seems like there's major obstacles because they don't know how to do it. They assume that that's not spirit giving them direction. They assume that that's you know some other voice or, or something else going on inside of them when actually uh, nothing could be further from the truth. The thing about the thing about the universe is that it only gives you one directive at a time, and it doesn't need to give you any more until you obey the directive that it gave you, right? We're we're we kind of have this thing like we got to know everything. We want to know how we're going to do everything for the next <laughs> for the next twenty years so we can be safe and don't make a mistake. And that's not how spirit works. Spirit will give you the guidance and the direction, the opportunity, um, and the voice to do the thing that is in front of you right now. And when you do that, you then get the rest of it, whatever it is that you need in order to continue on that journey. Now, people will ask me, well, why is that? Because the big piece that we're dealing with here in order for that to work is your willingness and obedience to the voice in the first place. If you're constantly questioning it, if you're constantly doubting it, if you constantly need to have the whole puzzle put in front of you before you start down the journey, you're never going to get there because the universe does not bend to your ideology of how it should be. It operates on the premise of more life and things need to be very specific for that idea to actually work in the universe. So you get one piece of information at a time. When you're obedient to that piece of information that's telling you what to do, you then get the next piece. Yeah, it's the it's this the the quest for certainty, right? We see that all Correct. the time. Everybody wants to know the entire plan before they make a decision or before they take one step. Absolutely. But there there's a measure of faith that has to be applied to this. Um knowing that once you take the next step, the next the the, the next step will appear, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take a second and just reset the room. We've had a lot of people join. Thanks everybody for joining us. My name is Steph. I am your moderator, and I'm here with David Nagel, and we are talking about how to let spirit lead in your business. We are opening this up, so we will be taking questions, or if you just have something that you'd like to add to the conversation, please feel welcome. Um, if you'd like to do that, ask a question or add something, all you need to do is raise your hand, and I will pull you up on stage and then call on you, and you can unmute yourself. So if you'd like to join in, let us know. Um, if you're new to David, go ahead and tap on his profile picture and make sure to ring the bell so that you get notified when we do this again. All right. So we, we understand kind of the pitfalls of this, right? There's, there's like steps. You, you, you have to learn how to listen to the voice. And then when the voice tells you what to do, you have to do it without knowing, the, without knowing every single one of the steps. We have to right. risk. So you have to take a risk. You have to risk making a mistake or feeling like a failure or... Or, or whatever. But I want to go back to how do you listen to the internal voice that's guiding you? If we're taught, if we're not ever taught how to listen to it, how do we actually learn to listen to it? Well, very often the, the, the voice inside of us is speaking quietly. It's not like this huge voice that is screaming all the noise that we have in our head 
um, for the most part, is not spirit. The primary voice that spirit speaks through is desire. Um, desire comes from the Latin root of the father of the stars. And it is the, it is the internal evidence of the verification that there is a plan and a purpose and a motive and a direction from God or the universe or, or spirit. Um, what is interesting about that is that it gets very confused through multiple ways that people teach things that it's a bad thing that like desire is not a, a good thing. And it's more the wishing, the wanting, um, the things that we cultivate in our mind out of fear uh, those emotions that kind of go in that direction, those things are generally not the best. But we, when you're, I mean, the specific question you're asking is how do we listen to it? We listen to it by paying attention to our desire. The thing that we want to be, do, or have that's inside of us, that is spirit speaking to you. And this is kind of where the four questions come in. So you've, you've, been teaching for a long time. I know we've got multiple podcasts. We, we've got blog posts on it where people actually have asked us, how do I make a decision based on spirit? Like, how do I know what the right decision is? And you give them the four questions. You want to walk through those? Go kind of slow <laughs> so people can write them down. But can you go through the four questions of how, how this can help people make decisions based on your inner guidance? Yes, I'd be more than happy to. So whenever, whenever you're listening to, whenever you're attempting to listen to your desire, your desire is telling you to be, do, or have something in your life. And maybe an opportunity shows up that kind of is indicating a direction because of that desire. There's four questions that will help you determine, is this, is this spirit that I'm hearing? Is this, is this the desire? Is this the thing that I should be doing? So here's the first question. Is this something that I want to be, do, or have? That's the first question that we ask. Is this something that I want to be, do, or have? So basically, we're saying to ourselves, let me just kind of double check, check in with myself, make sure this actually is something that I want to be, do, or have. Do I feel that desire? Is it saying yes to me? Is spirit saying yes to me uh, with this thing, with this direction? So we are looking very clearly for one of two responses internally from ourselves. It's either yes or it's no. It's not confusion. It's not maybe. It's not I don't know. It's yes or no. When you get a yes on that question, you can move to the second one. If you get a no, there's no reason to go to the rest of the questions. It's no, that's it, it's done, move on. So when we get the yes, it's time to move forward. It's time to take another step. And the next step is the second question. Is being, doing, or having this in harmony with God's laws or the laws of the universe? Is being, doing, or having this in harmony with God's laws or the laws of the universe? And people will say, well, there's seven laws to the universe. How do I know which one we're looking at? We're looking at the overarching principle that uh, uh, emanates from those laws, and that is more life. Does this add to your life and add to the lives of others? <clears throat> now, 
Why? So I think I think adding to our life's obvious. Why would it be that it should add to the life of others? First of all, it doesn't have to add to the life of everybody. However, it should add to the lives of some people because whatever your purpose is in life is not just for your own satisfaction and fulfillment, but it is specifically to add to the lives of some other people on the planet. Everything that is part of our purpose adds to life to something. So the idea is if this is, if this is from spirit, if this is my desire speaking through me, this will add to my life and it will add to the lives of others. If you find that it adds to the life of other people, but it doesn't add to your life, that's not spirit talking. That's some voice of obligation or something that's going out in your head, but it's not spirit. So you're looking for another yes. If you get a no, you stop right there. You don't go forward anymore. If you get a yes, it's time to go to the third question. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the first question, is this something I want to be, do, or have? The second question, is being, doing, or having this more life? Is it in harmony with God's laws or the laws of the universe? Okay? We get a yes, we go to number three. Now, what I find with when a person is, is asking these questions, one of the things I didn't mention this, and I'm going to mention it now, you want to do these four questions with one specific thing. You're not going to do it at the same time with multiple things. Okay. It's a, it's a series of four questions it's with one very specific thing. Do not bring multiple things into it. Do not bring future reactions or responses or what ifs or buts to it. It's a very clear, very specific single question. And then we proceed down to it. So is this something that I want to be, do, or have? Is being, doing, or having this going to, or is being, doing, or have this in harmony with God's laws or the laws of the universe? I hope everybody has that down. Does that, am I going slow enough, Steph? Yeah, that's good. You're doing good. Okay. Remember, if you get a no, you don't go forward. You stop right there. Okay. Now, the next one is basically, um, is being, doing, or having this going to violate the rights of others? Is being, doing, or having this going to violate the rights of others? So, Steph, let me ask you a question. When you think about that question, is being, doing, or having this going to violate the rights of others, what do you think about? Um, I think about taking away their right to choose. Okay. And choose what? Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've never thought about it like that. I think violating the rights of others is, is violating their right to choose for themselves to make a different choice. Like, did I lose you? Are you still there? I didn't hear what you, I, you, I, I think I did lose you there for a second. What was the last thing that you said? I said, when I think about violent, like the biggest right that everyone has is the right to choose, right? It's our, it's our greatest gift that we have the ability to choose. So if you're violating the right of others, it means that you're, 
you're taking away their right to choose. Um, like I can't even I can't even think of a of a situation. Um, I guess it would be. I'm stuck here. I'm not sure. Okay. So it is taking away another person's right to choose, but here's the, here's the thing that I'm, that I'm looking for here. Our biggest, greatest power as a human being is our ability to choose. That is our greatest power. And the ability to choose gives us the ability to create a life that we want. It gives us the ability to, set and create boundaries in our life. It gives us the ability to use our imagination and build things that nobody has ever seen. It gives us the ability to focus. It gives us the ability to have direction. And it is, I think it's also one of those things that nobody ever really tells us how important our ability to choose actually is. Our whole life is designed either by a conscious series of choosing or choosing unconsciously or from a place of ignorance where we don't know that we don't know. But regardless, everything that we experience in our life is coming from something that we're choosing. So it's our greatest power. I mean, it, it, is, it is everything in the human experience, that ability to choose. Um, I often tell people, like, there was a, an author, J. Martin Coey, wrote a book, Your, Your Greatest Power. It's a thin book, but it's like 10 miles deep, and it's all about the ability to choose. So taking away that choice from another person is one of the worst things that we can do. So the idea is, um, is this going to violate the rights of others? Is this actually going to take away another person's choice? And that's the thing that we don't want to do. We don't want to take away another person's choice, but we do want the ability for ourselves to be able to move forward. We want the ability to choose for our own life that what we want, that what we want to create in the direction that we want to go. Okay? Yeah, so what, I feel like I missed one. What, what question did I miss? You didn't miss any. That was four. It's just because you, you usually whip through them so fast because they, they're just right on the top of your head that... Um, when I made you slow down, it seemed like you only did three, but you did four. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When you asked about violating, you know, violating the right, the someone else's rights, I think I'm watching too many like crime shows on TV because all I could think about about was like, well, a serial killer violates the rights of others. Like, you know, um, cause it's harming someone, but I think I need to change up what I'm, what I'm watching in the evenings. Yep. Okay, for those of you who just joined, you are in How to Let Spirit Lead in Your Business with David Nagel. Um, we've got Stephanie up here, and she either has a question or she wants to add something to the conversation. So, Stephanie? Thank you for having me. It's always an honor to be on stage with you, David. I remember his questions back from when you were doing a program with Allie Brown, and they're still equally as powerful. Oh. So, my question today is, okay. And I think you've talked about this before, especially when you're working with uh, Proctor. What if your coach, you know, and I respect for your room, I'm not going to name names. She's awesome. But what if your coach is constantly pushing you to do something you really don't want to do, like going and speaking to sell on virtual and live stages? What? And I really don't 
like doing it. I keep trying to do it. Obviously, I haven't done a live stage because of COVID. I do fine in Clubhouse. I do fine on podcast interviews, teaching, etc. But when it's speaking to self and the stage, mm. <laughs> I, I feel really sick, like almost like I'm having a panic attack. And it's not that I don't like to talk about money because I've gotten a lot better in my sales conversations. So I'm just wondering... I mean, I know the answer to all those questions. I just went through it. So I guess. Well, this is a great question. Yeah. This is a great question. So there's a couple of things here that I think are pretty important. Number one, when you pick a goal for yourself that you're going to go after, you have to understand that based on the law, the universal law of cause and effect, there are certain things that will be necessary for you to be, do, or have in order to create that goal for yourself. Mm -hmm. And. If you find out that you really want this goal, but there is something that you have to do. Now, I'm not talking about something that's unethical, but I'm talking about something that you're just struggling with. What you have is a value conflict. Mm -hmm. And when you remove the value conflict, you will find that the thing that you think that you don't want to do is actually not that bad. It's actually easier, right? Is if it is... um, because I, I totally understand exactly what you're saying. There are so many things that people will be like, you know, I really don't know if I want to do that. That doesn't feel like me or whatever. Is it fear that is pulling you away from it? Or is it that you just completely don't like it, don't want to experience it? It's not, it's not part of your gift in life. Because then the question is, can we find somebody else? Or is there another way around this to be able to do it? What is controlling the idea of you not wanting to do it. If it's fear, then I would really reevaluate what's going on because there is a value conflict there. I think it might be fear because like I said, I'm really great in other venues. I'm a great teacher, et cetera, et cetera. Great interviewer, interviewee. So part of it is I'm more of a writer. That's what I've done most of my life. So I guess I can be a little more introverted. So, but I think a lot of it is fear and, you know, she and others are telling me if I want to grow my business to like say level of you and other folks, it's, it can't be avoided. Well, I don't know. I don't know that that's a hundred percent true. Okay. Um, I think that there's probably creative ways around it, but again, if it's only fear, I would at least get past the fear so that you have the ability to do it if it's necessary, while you're looking for other ways to accomplish the same results. Okay. Do you have any tips for me to specifically try to get past fear? I mean, obviously I'm scheduling stuff. I'm doing it anyway, even though half day I feel like, Oh my God about it. So what's, can you, can you identify the fear for me? What is the exact fear you're dealing with? I really have a fear of looking stupid. I have a fear that when I am on stage, so to speak, I will completely forget all the expertise I have and all the Mm -hmm. awesome things I can teach and do for people. I guess guess this is why public speaking is supposedly more fear than death. Yeah, because most of us are raised with the idea that what other people think of us is actually important and that we need their approval. My suggestion to you is is this. This is uncovering something with you that is a really big deal more than just speaking in public. It has to do with you really accepting yourself for who you are unapologetically and taking that out into the world. 
and not caring what other people think, because that's what it's reflecting. It's reflecting this concern about what other people think of you. I mean, whether you look stupid or not is a judgment on somebody else's part that should have no bearing on your influence or your unique way of expressing who you are. You know, and Steph was asking me this question in the beginning of the call about what is it that prevents us from hearing this voice. And one of the main things that, that prevents us from hearing this voice is somebody else telling us we have to follow their voice and somebody else determining if we're behaving properly or not. And what, it, what this does to a child as they're growing up is it stops them from tapping into and finding their own unique expression in the world and becoming what somebody else wants them to be. And when that happens, they can't hear spirit. All they can hear is what somebody else is telling them they should do or they should not do. So, you know, a, a human being is designed to express. We live and experience our world through our unique expression. It's our duty to ourselves to find what that is in the totality of it. But in order to do that, we have to go out there and actually express. And in order to do that completely, we have to, we have to get over the idea of what other people uh, actually think of us. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, now that I'm talking to you about it, it seems like it's more of a... Uh, it's a big deal. It's a real big deal. Yeah. But you know something? You speak well. I mean, you seem to have a great personality. I bet you would rock it if well, you would just practice a little and do me. it. Like I said, in all the, these other venues, like I dream of being on your podcast and such. It's like, of like in all these other venues, I do great. I mean, I'm on Clubhouse modding like huge rooms and everybody's like putting these testimonials like she's such a great mod. Don't even think about not having her, you know, just things like that and teaching yeah. and podcast interviews. I mean, I do great that kind of stuff, but it's just something about being physical. I don't know. It's not even just the being physically visible because when I teach and I'm on a podcast interview, I am. So I can't cop out with the weight excuse. Right. So I don't know what it is. Maybe it's I would, not my I comfort would take, zone. Well, it's not your comfort zone, but all growth pushes us outside of our comfort zone. Right. You know, there's no logic to the comfort zone. The comfort zone is all about the subconscious mind fulfilling its purpose, which is to try to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. And it does not know that if you do this, that you're going to be okay. So your job as a conscious spirit led human being is to take a hold of your subconscious mind and say, okay, we're doing this and I'm going to start where I am. I'm going to get a piece of information that I know backward and forward and I'm going to do it. Maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 10 minutes and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to have that experience and I'm going to do it again and again and again and I'm going to grow, grow from it. I mean, listen, um, when I, the, one of the first times that I ever spoke in public, I forgot how to breathe. Yeah, I literally I forgot how to, how to breathe. breathe. It was horrible. <laughs> oh, it was freaking horrible. I mean, I had, I went, I had to introduce somebody. I introduced them. I forgot how to exhale and I had to run off the stage and go sit down and just broke out into a cold sweat. If I had let that experience determine where I was going with my career, I would not be here. I would not have helped anybody. I would still be driving a truck someplace. No, I, I, I remember your, I used to listen to you and Allie's like, you know, program, gosh, endlessly. So yeah, I know, yeah, I know where you were and that's, it's just amazing to me. And yeah, I'm glad you got through that fear. <laughs> me too. <laughs> 
So, well, I you really do appreciate it. it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Great question. I have a feeling a lot of people resonated with that one. Um, just resetting the room. Those of you who just joined us, welcome, welcome. We are talking about how to let spirit lead in your business with David Nagel. If you have a question or want to add to the conversation, just go ahead and raise your hand and I'll pull you up on stage. Um, we're completely open to giving a hand or having a listen, whichever you prefer. Okay, so David, you have spoken I mean, several times saying that it's actually our responsibility as a human being to figure out how to listen to the voice of our higher self. Why is that so? Why is it our responsibility? Yes. Um, well, it's our responsibility because it, if we view things as being somebody else's responsibility with the idea of here's where I want to go or a goal I want to set or what's my purpose in life, all the power is then projected onto somebody else or something else. The only way that we can fully take that power back to make a choice is to be responsible for everything that we think everything that we feel, everything that we do, and everything that we personally experience. It gives us, it, 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 it allows us to use our power. If I don't accept responsibility, if I blame in any way, I've given it to somebody else. And then I don't have the ability to change. Perfect. We have Shasta up on stage. Hello, Nagels. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to hear your voice. I'm sorry I was late to this. Gosh, I'm so grateful for all your teachings and just, you know, years of this. So I have a quick to-the-point question. Um, I believe I've heard you speak about this before, but I just am looking for a tiny bit of clarity when we talk about, you know, spirit leading our life. And I understand that it's always moving you to more life and it's mm -hmm. always this idea of growth. So is there ever, what's the way to say this? Like when there's things that keep kind of unfolding, say in, in certain aspects of your business or your life, is that also a sign from spirit to be like, okay, you need to kind of like, let this go. Like stop trying to force this to work or not necessarily. I mean, could you be more specific? There's certain, I don't want to get into the big details, but there's certain things that I see, okay, this, there's been a struggle with certain aspects. And so is that? Okay, well, you have to understand that struggle only exists in our mind. It is our perception. It's our viewpoint. It's the meaning that we're giving to something. So because something's not working or it's difficult, uh, that, that does not mean that we're not supposed to do something. If, if um, What it does mean is that we're probably resisting changing something. So whenever I see somebody struggling, the first question I say is, what are you resisting? What are you resisting being, doing, or having that would allow the path to be shown, that would make it clear, that would allow you to move in the flow, that would allow you to make this easier and make a decision? So... Chasta, what are you resisting? Well, I feel like I have made a pretty clear decision. I'm very clear on decisions. Um, what am I resisting? Um, yeah, it's probably uh, like letting go of, of certain things. 
I'm not even sure. I think I, I think the well, way that I'm trying it. to ask this is sometimes the spirit also saying, you know, I want to go in a certain direction. I'm very clear on that. I'm not resisting that. And then are we then manifesting drama in other aspects in an effort to affirm our decision? Yes. Okay. It's it's never that the universe is like, okay, you need to get, you know, see this shit over here. That's not a sign. That's you. That's my question, I guess. No, because the 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 universe just presents it is a mirror reflection of whatever it is that we're projecting onto it. So our the way that we think is the first cause in the hierarchy of causation with spirit. What we experience is a secondary cause. So it can only the universe can only respond to you based on your perception of it. Now that's taking everybody really deep here. Um, it's a little unfair because I don't have a, a whole lot of time to really get in and explain it, but that's really what it is. If you, whatever we experience in the world is a reflection of our own perception. If we want to change the way that we're experiencing something, we have to change the first cause of it, which is the way that we think. When we change the way that we think, we change what we experience. It's not the other way around. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. We are in a meeting room. How to let spirit lead in your business. Thank you, Shasta, for that amazing question. Um, if you have a question or want to add to the conversation, go ahead and raise your hand and I will bring you up on stage. Um, I think, you know, I'm just going to piggyback off of Shasta's question because we get this, we get this a lot too. It's like, you know, is this a sign that I'm going in the right direction? Is this a sign that, that I should be, be doing something else? Is, is our negative results a sign that I'm doing the wrong thing, right? We, we get that question a lot. Is that even an accurate question to be asking? No. The question that we need to be asking is what's the truth? So let's say we are experiencing something that's difficult. Maybe we could be experiencing something that's tragic, that's hurtful, Maybe it's the loss of something. Maybe it's something didn't work or something broke. Whatever it is that we're experiencing, if we want a deeper understanding of what it is, we have to ask a, a much higher question that eliminates the drama, that eliminates the, um, the false choices, that eliminates maybe the ignorance that's around it. And the question is about this. And the idea is that we're looking for the overall truth about something and not just the meaning that either we gave to something or is suggested by the thing or that other people are giving to it. Got it. That also kind of goes with, you know, is spirit testing us? Like yeah, no. A decision <laughs> and then something pops up and it's like, ooh, is spirit testing me? Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, here's the thing. It sure does seem like it sometimes, but, but that's not the way, that is not the way that the universe works. It does not, it does not test us. Um, it, what it does is it keeps giving us the opportunity to make a different choice. And sometimes we'll see that as a test, but it's not. The, the universe only has one modus operandi. It only has one direction. 
and it doesn't judge, right? So it will keep presenting you with the opportunity to move forward. And we have very often, we don't see that as an opportunity to move forward. If it, if it, if it's attached to us emotionally, if it's attached to something where we have pain or trauma in our life, if it is attached to something that causes us to, um, we, we would actually have to become more of ourselves to embrace that opportunity. Very often we feel like, well, we're being tested or it's telling us not what to do, uh, or this, this is probably a no, or God doesn't want me to do this. And nothing could be further from the truth. It's, it's none of that. Whatever we're doing is based on the idea of more life. It's based on the idea of growth. And if we're going to grow, Every opportunity that comes into our life is required for us to step up a little, sometimes more, more than a little, but it's usually at least a little bit. We have to be more, do more, have more to embrace that opportunity. That is one of the key indicators that it's an opportunity that's in harmony with growth and desire in your life. You have to become more in order to embrace the opportunity. And, and people have this idea that was given to them, I think mostly out of ignorance, that if it's from God, it'll be easy to step into, there'll be no challenges, there'll be no problems, um, that kind of thing. And that is just not the way that it works. So that's a, that's a false idea that people have running around in their mind, that if there's any challenge to it whatsoever, that it's not something that spirit wants you to do. And it's, that's just a false idea, Steph. Yeah, it kind of goes along with the sly disguises of opportunity, right? Most yes. people don't recognize it. Correct. Because it shows up in, what, misfortune or defeat? Or temporary defeat, yeah. Temporary so the, in the, the, that what, what Steph is talking about is uh, something called the sly disguises of opportunity. It's in the introduction of Think and Grow Rich, and the, the idea behind it is basically this. He says, most people fail to recognize opportunity because it doesn't show up the way that they think it should show up. It shows up as something different. And he uses the word disguised, which I always thought was really interesting because how does an opportunity disguise itself? It doesn't. Our perception of it disguises it. It, it makes us have a hallucination around the opportunity and we don't actually see it as a benefit to us. We see it as something that might be a detriment or might be too risky when it's actually the thing that will bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to go. Yeah, I think this is also fascinating. I remember when I first when I first started working with you, I, I distinctly remember asking you this question. This was, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. Like, why does this shit always have to be so complicated? Like, why can't we, why can't we just see this all? Why does it have to show up in, in you know, the sly disguises of op opportunity? And I think you said, you said to me, because you have the right to choose and it's all about your perception. There's actually really nothing hard or struggle about it. It's all the meaning that you give to it. Exactly. Growth is not actually something that's difficult. Our perception of what we have to do to wrap our mind around it is what makes it difficult or not difficult. All right. So let's see here. I've got someone with their hand raised. One second here. Eva, I'm calling you up onto the stage. 
Hello. Hi. Um, thank you for doing this. This is so wonderful. And um, I have a question along the way of what you were just talking about, the opportunity disguised. Yes. How, how does it work with the first question? Could it be that sometimes we really don't want to do it or don't want to have it or don't want to do it? So the first question we would answer no, but it's really the, um, it's really the disguised opportunity. Can you talk about my, I'm not sure if I'm making my question clear. You're, you're, I, I totally understand your question. Okay. So, thank you. So the way that it works is that first, the first thing that we have to know is what we want. We need to have some idea of what we want. And as we follow the desire in our heart, opportunities will show up to us that will allow us to acquire what we want. So if something shows up and you ask yourself, is this something that I want to be, do, or have, right? Is this something that's going to move me closer to my goal? Um, if the answer is no, it's not something that you want. It's not, it's not in harmony with that desire or the thing that you want that is inside of yourself. So that has nothing to do with it really being disguised. What I'm talking about the disguise is let's say that, um, let's say that you, you want to earn more money or you want to build a business and an opportunity shows up for you to invest in something. And it's going to cause you say $50,000 to embrace this opportunity. And the opportunity has the potential to give you what you want. But you say to yourself, I don't have $50,000. There's no way for me to do this. I don't want to have to pay the $50,000. That is where the disguise part comes in because you're bringing what you don't want to do into the picture and letting it cover up the thing that you actually want to do. So that's where it starts to get confusing for a person. That's one of the reasons why you want to take one question at a time, one opportunity at a time. Is this something that is going to move me closer to my goal? If it is, like it is so important to understand just because it has a perceived difficulty to it, it does, that doesn't mean that it's not going to get you closer to your goal. It means that you have having trouble wrapping your mind around the difficulty of it. So okay. is it going to bring me closer to my goal? Yes. But I don't know how to get to 50,000. You don't need to know how to get to 50,000 until you make the decision that you're going to do it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so you're much. Welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Such great questions tonight. Oh my gosh. It's such a, it is, it's kind of a complicated um, topic. I mean, I feel, even sometimes I feel my brain try to scatter on me when you're, when you're teaching this, you know, like, I don't know if anybody else in the audience feels that way, but sometimes I just feel my brain kind of like <laughs> take off in three or four different directions to not, to not let it go in, but it's so important. Well, that's the confusion, Steph. That's mm -hmm. the, that's the confusion that tries to get us not to focus on the clarity that's going to bring us to where we want to go. Because if we stay confused, then we can't make a decision and the whole thing's over. Right. Okay. We only have just a couple of minutes left in this meeting. Is there anything you want to leave our audience with around this topic tonight? I think the idea is first and foremost, what do you really want? What do you want in life? What is that desire that's going on inside of yourself? Because here's the thing. Whatever you decide, you're going to trade your life for, and you don't get that back. You don't get that trade back. 
So we want to go after the things that we really, really want in life because we're trading our life for those things. And that is the thing of the highest value that we actually have. So it's a very important question to ask yourself, what do I really want? And, um, you know, the, well, I mean, one of the things, the, the, the premise of everything that we teach and do in our Art of Success seminar that we're doing next week um, is the idea of how do we think successfully so that we can live a successful life? And it all starts with what do you want? Yeah, letting spirit lead really means letting your desire lead, does it not? It does. It definitely does. Yeah. So just give yourself permission to want whatever it is that you want. 100% without um, needing to justify it. It's okay for you to want exactly what it is that you want. Yep. No shame around it. No guilt around it. No fear, insecurity around it. Own whatever it is you want because it's, it's the reason why you're here. Fantastic. Thank you so much, David. My pleasure. Uh, for, those of you, for those of you that want to join us again sometime, make sure that before you leave, you click on David's profile. Click on the little bell so that you get notified. Follow him so you get notified. Um, and we all appreciate you joining us this evening for How to Let Spirit Lead in Your Business. And we'll see you back here real soon. Have a fantastic evening, everyone. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.